0: time. Alright, let's get started. Alright. Why did the golfer bring two pairs of pants? You know, Eric, that's something I've been thinking about, and I just don't know. Casey got a hole in one. Oh god. <laughs>
1: Alright. How you doing, bud?
0: I'm doing good, man. Welcome to everybody out there listening right now. Welcome to the very first episode of the Musings of Men okay. podcast. Very first. And I'm stoked because I know we've been wanting to do a podcast for a long time. We've been
1: talking about this, it's been... It's been
0: a to- hot topic for a while now. Yeah. And, yeah, today we're going to be... Basically, how this is going to run down is we're going to do a discussion, we're going to do some media, what we think is a good song, album, or film, and then we're going to um, do a few... Uh, we're going to do a quote of the week, a dude of the week, someone who yeah. just look up to and admire and then a moment of the week you know the your moment. moment of the week the Moment of the week. you know yep. something that you just you just love so and then we'll just wrap it up so today's topic is the creative process, process. yes
1: how artists do things how they gain inspiration and we're gonna be pulling sources and articles and whatnot but we're also gonna be giving our own personal experience and
0: exactly so but before we do all that how you doing, man? It's
1: been a while. It has been a while. Yeah, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, not a whole lot is new. I've been working a whole lot in school, but that's about it. Nice, How about man. yourself, man? Um, I'm doing great.
0: I've been uh, skateboarding a lot, doing school, you know? I mean, right on, man. Senior year, dude, coming up on the second semester. Looking good so Almost far. There, um, to clarify, I'm Eric. And, yeah and, and this I'm is andrew yeah yeah he's uh andrew or andy so he's got yeah up. i mean i'm stoked
1: yeah it's gonna be good this is gonna be an ongoing project where we just <laughs> do this once a week and we just hope to be a little light of inspiration i guess Absolutely. you could say
0: that. we're here um not in a studio today but we are here at a Um, tea tea bazaar local the tea bazaar it's in uh
1: downtown downtown Charlottesville.
0: yep and uh honestly dude let's try this chai tea first off because i know you haven't ever had chai tea before and it's uh what are your thoughts
1: oh it's like Uh, a fireball man yeah it's like a liquid fireball but it's really good yeah you can definitely feel like the spice the cinnamon in the back. But
0: all right. Um so we'll just get into it I guess. Um I've ended up we read a few articles articles on and let's start from personal experience (laughs) first. That's I I think that's, you know the direct way to go for it. So Andy, give me your give me a quick synopsis of the writing the creative process for you, what you might use with it, and just overall.
1: The creative process is a very subjective term it's really just means whatever you want it to, how you get your inspiration, how you write, how you, and and in my case, writing, we just have, you know, every writer is different in their own process. And the way I do things is, so I'm a screenwriter and I basically to, what that entails is I write, you know, screenplays and teleplays for, you know, visual media. And what I always do before I write is I always get the soundtrack down. I always go on runs, I always, you know, just even walk around my house, I'll put in my headphones and listen to certain types of music, and I build a scene around whatever song. Nice. Like, take take Jimi Hendrix All Along the Watchtower, for example. I, you know, I'll start to listen to that song and I'll, you know, think of when it first kicks off, what shot is there, what I see going along. Because, for example, like when I listen to that song, I always imagine a, you know, car full of kids going down the highway, it's two o'clock in the morning, they're all partying, having a good time, and then, you know, just kind of that, that's, you know, that's what I visualize. And everybody sees the song differently and that's how I imagine it would be played over a scene. A little bit of a cliche, but I think it works. And then after I get that down, I'll obviously start writing, and it's usually, I with my first drafts, obviously not the best, it is one of those things where I just keep just kind of going, 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 and I push myself, and I make myself right, and Yes, it is hard to gain encouragement from it, but when you really see the end product, it is worth it. Dude, so, that's solid. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's nice. a lot of fun. What about you, Eric? What's, um,
0: well, what's for me, um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive back into what you, kind of analyze what you said and go a little deeper, but for me, I'm a photographer at heart, and I, I do a lot with photography day to day, but I get most of my inspiration, and my creative process really, really starts when I'm traveling. And, and when I'm you. going somewhere, yep. you know, and that's when the bug really hits me because, you know, photography, it's, it can be an addiction, you know? Um, and what I do is I, 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 I visualize in my mind a scene that I want to capture. Yep. And then I try to go out and I try to find that scene. But, but along the way, um, whether I be walking across a bridge or walking down a beach or through a swamp or in a mountain, trying to look for that particular view i always am looking out for the other opportunities that arise because there are lots of them and you know having an eye of the photographer really um it'll put you ahead when it comes to um composing the shot and then getting the shot timing the shot which are all very important things photography in itself is a very interesting subject um, like for instance, Andy and I were in uh, South Carolina recently yep. and back. Um, it was early morning and I, I wanted to get a good sunset, a uh, sunrise shot, um, over the water and I stumbled upon this grove of palmettos and I was stoked because I can see a silhouette, you know, of
1: the palmetto, of the palmetto
0: yeah. against the beautiful colors of the morning sky. And I think to myself in that moment, that's a shot that I want to get, that's, and that's a yeah. shot that I can get. And so I instantly started to go, I started to focus. Focus is really important for me when it comes to the creative process and when it comes to photography, is that you gotta focus. And so I was out there, I mean, you can attest to this, Andy. I was I was on the tripod, I was trying to get, like, I got like 80 different photos of was, this one tree and this one sunrise, and You know, but that that, was my main goal.
1: Was was it? I thought it was the moonlight.
0: Oh, that was was a different one. That was the night before. That was night before. yeah. uh, basically, I'll I'll get into that. But as I was taking the picture of this palmetto against the sunrise, I noticed these sea oats, you know, waving in the wind. And so I went over to them, you know, and I was like, "That would make a great picture." So I got another picture of the silhouette of the sea grass, sea oats, flowing in the wind, and. I was just going, I'm basically, I'm building off of this one idea that I have um, and I'm just going off of that into different um, into different ideas, other other ideas. And the same thing happened the night before. Yep. And you can, I mean, I've never worked so hard on one photo in my life. I oh, tried to I represent, did. I tried to recreate the um, the South Carolina state flag with the palmetto and the moon. Yep. And the moon was, it was a little too bright that night little for bad. that. Yeah. Um, but I, I spent about an hour composing this one shot and it in the end my end product was something that I'm pretty happy with you yeah. know in the end and um, that's just the creative process for me and along that route um, there was this kind of offshoot idea of oh why don't I get like because there were these spotlights on these palms going up the tree and you could kind of see yeah. both the trunks and the um the the foliage and so mm-hmm. I was I was getting underneath of these two and Your... I was trying to use the spacing and the other things I learned um, from photography and putting it all together and trying to get like a shot of the night stars um, up a, um, ahead of the um, above the palmettos when you're looking beneath them upward kind of toward the stars as if it's, it's like um, you're lying there on Your... the beach looking up and it's
1: more of a POV shot yeah basically
0: and I was, um, and that's the creative process for me is that I'll have this one idea of a, of a shot that I want to get, and then I'll have, I could have hundreds of other ideas pop into my mind. Yep. You know? And other times I'll just go out all willy nilly and wonder, oh, I wonder what I can get today. What like, let's, you, yeah. You know, let's go
1: and let's all just about? walk around, really,
0: and it's just find.
1: That's the thing is good art takes time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be planned down to the, yeah. framing of the shot and sometimes you can just a lot be out of the times
0: it's by chance it's by chance yeah. you know? and,
1: you, and there's so many variables that you can't really control and obviously there's a lot of skill but also a lot of luck with it Absolutely. and you know, there are factors that you can't really control and yeah. with um, like with writing it's yeah. one of those things where I'll be out and about I'll be downtown and you know I'll go up to buildings I'll go inside buildings and I can just imagine what kind of stories were told here nice. what kind of you're like I'll look at a place like this. Like what what do you think has happened here? What do you think has
0: It definitely looks like the vibe. Like it the place for it right now looks like this looks like a set for the Pirates of the Caribbean kind of bit. almost. <laughs> it's really, really interesting. It's I mean you could you could think of a hundred
1: different stories that are told here, I can imagine. Well, just imagine yeah. like who has come through these doors and yeah. what has been told here and all this and we, you know, how I, I just, I visualize it because that's obviously with visual storytelling is you obviously want to present it to other people and it's going to have an image in your mind of what you want to actually write and being able to make other people see that vision because that's what screenwriting is all about, is making other people see that
0: vision. So I have a question, though. what's yeah. the difference between What's the difference in your thought process when it, between like um, screenwriting yep. and
1: between
0: storytelling? What's the what is your different thought processes to each of
1: those? Respectively? So, do you mean like screenwriting and then just like a regular like novel? Regular like, no- yeah, like novel. a novel. So, with screenwriting, it's you you can't be too detailed because it is a visual media, so you need to keep the description short, and obviously give direction for, you know, whatever, whoever's going to be shooting your you know, TV or movie. There are directions. There's directions, and it's much more of, uh, for the cinematographer and director and actors to read off of. While with, like, my novel storytelling, I kind of do the same thing, but I don't really use music as an inspiration. It's more of I you know, I get a feeling for that place. Being able to right. describe it too. because you
0: gotta you gotta show with words what you're envisioning in your head when it yeah. comes to writing. Because I have experimented with writing with storytelling and novels before yeah. myself, and what I and I, I enjoy it. It's, I enjoy writing them. I can sit down for. I mean, I haven't done
1: this in years, but I I've sit, sat down for hours and just, just written, written and yeah. you know, it's one of those things. You can do whatever you want with writing. And, you know, on your question about, like, how I, you know, view different things, is so take... Like a thought process. How How's the process it like between. So, say I was writing about... I think... think... So, if I was a screenwriter, I would, you know, take... Right now, for example, um, I would write down the description of the characters on screen and the area around them. And that would be about it. And then obviously you'd go to dialogue and that's, you know, you go from there. But with like novel writing, with creative writing, or more novel writing, I guess, but because creative writing is more of a broad term, with like novel writing, you, the way I would do things is I would describe the atmosphere, get a feeling for that place, make you feel like you're actually there. Like, you know, describe the wood paneling on the wall, the music.
0: Whereas mm. in a um, in a screenplay you could you could see that because could, it would could, be visual. Because it would be visual. So you have to describe cause, more.
1: Because you don't describe that in a screenplay. Right. I mean you You can it depends on the writer. It depends on the style because you can be as broad or as detailed as you want. For sure. Um but yeah, I mean that's just it's really just all about describing, like, you know.
0: Nice.
1: It's very much it's very it's both very, very similar, and also very, very different.
0: Right. So another question that I had about this when I was reading some of the articles that we were um, that we found was yep. the different hemispheres of the brain, the right and the left, and how they might um, how they might interpret creativity and how they might how the how the end product would be different using the different hemispheres of the brain because the left side of the brain is obviously very um, it's very logical. You know, it, it, it thinks about the things that it does, and it tries to figure out um, you know the best solutions and ways to get to those sure. um, to the end result. Whereas the right brain's more creative, and it it kind of just disregards the rules and goes off and just kind of doesn't care and just figures its way out, you know, through things and doesn't really matter uh, mine, so to speak. Um, whereas the left side of the brain's a more kind of logically thinking so i mean andy you're, you're cracking up over here tell me what you think what do you think about that
1: you know well sounds like you just described american politics but i do agree <laughs> with that um yeah yeah this isn't political by the way if yeah,
0: don't interpret yeah.
1: that but um but no but i i agree with that i mean it's it's one of those things where it's you can take different aspects of your mind and Apply them into your creative process and obviously some people use more logic some people are more creative and it both works yeah it both do you
0: care to go deeper It's like how would you how so, would the, how would the left brain um, come um, fit into a novel for instance or, scre- or, screenplay. or screenplay
1: well so creatively speaking you disregard a lot of the rules and a lot of it doesn't make sense like take Take, I'm trying to think of a good example, with more creatively driven art, I guess, a lot more is disregarded as far as realism. And take. It's very abstract. Very abstract. It's right. very. Free flowing. Free, yeah. free flowing. There's not, you know. Rules are bent. Laws of physics don't really exist. There's a lot of. Third eyes and. All that. Very. Know, two tones. Like, take. The psychedelic movement of the late 60s and how you know take you know the lyrics from those songs about like blue the sky with diamonds and you know all of like that that visual that obviously doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and obviously Marshmallow skies isn't actually a thing but it is much more creatively driven right and it right. makes a lot more sense in the context of the song and it's now, obviously
0: If we if we take a step back um, before the '60s, what do you think drove that movement?
1: I what what do you think drove all the creativity and all the psychedelic? Well, so I think what drove that was it was a response to the 1950s and really above because obviously the you know high school kids and really the college kids of the '60s were the sons and daughters of those who fought in World War II. And there was obviously this new wave of wanting to self-express and right. to put yourself out there and really become who you wanted to be. Right. And yes. obviously it was a time of revolution and on multiple fronts. And I think I've always seen it is that it was kind of this... Rebellion against the way that they were raised. It was a rebellion against oh, what was called The Greatest Generation. Okay. You know, and obviously the Baby Boomers had that sort of like tension kind of built up where they wanted to, you know, and all the kind they of thing. They had a came certain
0: up. path that they wanted, that they expected.
1: Yeah, and there was a sort of suppression put right. on by Right, and then that's kind of what and, drove
0: the... Okay, that's great. So go back to what you were saying before about um, how the 60s creative...
1: Well, so, the way I've always seen it is I've taken a lot of inspiration from people like You know, The Beatles, Bob Dylan, uh, um, Jack Kerouac, you know, all of that, you know, very, very prolific uh, writers and musicians and whatnot, is they saw what was around them and just took their, really took it by the throat and just ran with it. They didn't, they weren't afraid of anything. They weren't afraid of backlash. They said what they wanted to say and that was about it. I mean... I and I definitely look up to that because they they were very much products of their time and how they took things around them and they it was a response to things around them because art is obviously a way of self-expression it's a way of it's a way of I guess reaction and putting your voice out there and I think I've always looked up to that because they were able to do that in such a capacity and be so inspiring and keep that going I guess if you know what I mean yeah and so
0: I think I think I definitely think that the 60s had a big impact on you know creativity in people overall in general you know and I feel like um, Mm. you know there's a lot of I think these days there's more of a resurgence of that there definitely is
1: I think with and of
0: course the 80s were flashy it was and every decade is every decade has its own has its own characteristics
1: And I feel like how I've always seen it is with this like resurgence in nostalgia and all that. Why people still buy record players, why people, you know, yeah. solicit to CDs, cassettes, uh, they dress like from 20, 30, 40 years ago is because of psychology. Because of the advancement that it's going so quick that people can't process it. And they... Interesting. Because if you think about it, I mean, you know, there's a sort of... Advancement of this technology and how it advances our way of life and I've always seen kind of the nostalgia factor of decades past is sort of this like slowing down and just being able to relax and not worry about all of the things that come with technology this new technology and and I I find myself doing that a lot like with oh like yeah like with, <laughs> with like vinyl and whatnot, like I'm a big vinyl collector uh, and nice. I love spinning records and whatnot. And it's a very relaxed and very simplistic way of playing music. And obviously I still listen to my phone and yeah whatnot, but I, I like to just mellow out and not have to worry about it. But, that's awesome. And, it, and I've learned that it actually, you know, I'll buy an album for one song and with vinyl is you can't really just skip around. You kind of, I mean, you can skip it, but, obviously, you know, you have to let the whole thing play to really get your money's worth. And I found myself listening to a lot of other songs that I wouldn't really know existed if it wasn't for that. If it wasn't for this old way of doing things. And not, I'm not saying vinyl is better. I'm not one of those hipster assholes that says it sounds better. But it, it is, I see the appeal where it's just, it's a lot more chilled. It's a lot more relaxed. It's slower pace. It's slower paced. It's very yeah. much...
0: I feel like in this world today, that's very, very important to do because things move so quickly that yeah. you don't have time to even comprehend it. And I just, I, you know, I, I feel like the simple things in life really, really just... I think that the simple things in life um, are what... They certainly are what drives me. It, and it's certainly... It's what makes life worth it, in my opinion. Because if you can't enjoy the simple things in life, then you can't enjoy life. And you can't enjoy because life. Because it's... You know, life isn't going to be all these giant leaps. It's going to be these little steps and it's going to be the simple things like maybe a bottle of soda, you know, every day. I mean, that gets me excited. It gets, yeah. Like, you know, and um, if you, if you enjoy the simple things in life, you're going to be a happier person
1: overall. It's, it's all about expectation you know, too. It's all sure. about how you perceive things and what, you know, cause obviously people have, you know, everybody's different. And people have different expectations than other people. Like for example, like with the soda. Like, obviously that gets you excited, but maybe someone who has a motorcycle and runs that thing down two fifty going eighty miles an hour. Who doesn't love that? I mean well, yeah. <laughs> but that obviously gets them excited. And yeah. maybe they find yeah. mundanity and mm-hmm. you know, yeah just soda and it's mm-hmm. it's all about perspective and it's all about for sure how you find happiness as yourself
0: absolutely and I, you know happiness and overall wellness for me is a big thing it's you know yeah. and it's something that I want to I want to get people more into more aware of so that they can themselves be happier people it's... and you know for me I, I enjoy the simple things whether it's a, a warm sunny day or you know yeah. the sky's blue and you know whether I go surfing or I go skateboarding you know those all things get me excited yeah. And, you know, finishing a job, too, like, when you see the end result, um, well, because I'm, I'm a self-employed uh, landscaper, yep. and I do a lot of project-based work, and I really enjoy, you know, seeing from start to finish and feeling accomplished, you know, and maybe that's not such a little thing in life, but it's those, it's those things, you know, whether it's a, a warm day or a nice, you know, surf, you know, a nice wave that you rode, or, just the overall, it's it gets me excited. It gets me just stoked for for life and just, it, just, yeah. it, it makes my day. Those little yeah. things make my day. It doesn't have to be big. Yeah. Um, but, you know, another thing that I've learned is don't worry about the things you can't control exactly. and don't sweat the small stuff. Don't, yeah. Because those are two things that people get backwards all the time. Far too often, and it messes them up. It does, like, I mean, it really... They're not able to just I mean if you can't control it why are you gonna worry about it? why are you gonna all it's gonna do is create stress and anxiety, anxiety. that then you are gonna to have to deal with well yeah and then
1: it spills on other things that you can control exactly. and that muddles that up exactly. and that can ruin everything Bingo. that's I've experienced that I mean yeah I we all have yeah it's, yeah. it's yeah. not fun but it's up to you ultimately to yeah.
0: you're the captain of your fate they, you, yeah. know, they, you you drive where you want to go yeah. and you make the decisions to get there yep um, and that's just a part of it, but man, we're way off topic now. Eh, whatever. <laughs> but, it's... I mean, this just—it's a flowing conversation. Exactly. Um.
1: Anyway, back to yeah. the creative process. Yeah. Um, yeah. We. I yeah. mean, because
0: it, it went from the sick for like we went over to the '60s, which was definitely, you know, a time when creativity
1: was, was so relevant.
0: It was relevant. Was fl- it was and relevant. then we went over to some like philosophy. So. Philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how this podcast rolls, really.
1: Exactly. So, Granted, we don't know if we can even keep this in, but, you know. Hey, it's, if it
0: stays in, it stays it in. Stays we'll in. decide that it's, later. We'll,
1: we'll decide in the process, yeah. editing process. It's always fun. So, one thing that I've always been curious about, and obviously, I don't know this because I can't draw a storyline for shit, yeah. is, like, artistic as in, like, painting and drawing. It's always really, really... How do I say You're this motioning way? with your hands a lot. You're like. It's <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously you can't see this, but I'm very, very it's vocal. Very, um,
0: very expressive with his hands. Yep. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. And
0: what's your what's your point?
1: We well <laughs> so what I never understood is how, how that works, because I don't have the patience for painting.
0: It takes uh, a certain it, person. It takes it. a type of certain type of person to appreciate. The small steps to a big goal, you know. Yeah. I mean, and those are more of the, you know, going back to the right brain and the left brain differences. That's more of a left brain quality. It's more of a, you have yeah. the patience to wait for, um, you know, for the end product and having all these steps in between. Yep. It teaches you patience, which is a good thing. It Yeah. You know, and it, it really helps you because, say, my, my grandmother, she paints. She does some beautiful, beautiful paintings. I mean, Really? Like, beautiful paintings
1: i didn't know that
0: and well i mean she has a whole art studio in her house oh in the basement yeah no not in the basement in her side of in her oh side in of that house. little yeah, yeah. In the yeah. and i mean i remember for gosh for as long as she's been alive she's been painting basically and um i'm pretty sure that someone painted her and then she popped out the painting and that's how she came to be oh wow but um it's a good
1: pickup line, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I mean, she um she has such patience with her craft, but her end results are just phenomenal, really. Yep. And they're, you know, I I just enjoy looking at them so much. They're so different all of them too cuz she'll have me go and take a picture of something locally or, or from wherever I yeah. might have been and, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Let me like I want to paint. I want to paint this. You want to. And can you? I was. She was always telling me. Um. She would always say like, "Oh, I was driving on the road and, um, on this road and I looked off to the left and there was this these three um houses and one of them was a barn and it had a, you know, one of those uh, silos thing. on yeah. it and I was on this field with this really nice um topography to it and a fence and if you could get a picture of that, I'd love to paint it. And so I'm always like, well, that's awesome. So yeah, I, I, I go out and I, I uh, take the picture, and then you know when she paints it, she just she just does such a good job. It's very much. A- and she has, but you know, the thing is with her is it it takes she she's super patient with it, and it might take her a month to get a good picture, but she's gonna make sure it's perfect. She's gonna
1: make and sure. With
0: and the, that- with the creative process, with how that relates, is that well, it's all about patience. It's all about well. It's about, um, you know, it's about patience, it's about, patience. It's about um, you know, having the end result in mind, but not getting overwhelmed by the steps to getting there. Exactly. I'm the kind of person who's going to jump three steps ahead, That's, and then yeah. And then who knows I'm, what. I'm
1: guilty of that too, man. I yeah. mean, it's, it's one of those things where you have to be patient, and you have to really go through all the steps to be successful in your art. And it's all Absolutely. about... It's all about knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect the first time around. Mm -hmm.
0: For sure. And granted... I'm sure you've written plenty of rough drafts. (laughs) Very, very rough. Um, I've taken hundreds of photos of the same scene just to get one. Just to get one,
1: and obviously you have to be okay with the fact that it's not going to be right right away. And you also have to be okay with the fact that maybe it it doesn't turn out exactly the way you want it. Mm and that's okay too like maybe you realize okay this could work in some other context or whatever yeah and yeah
0: that's more logically thinking about it for sure
1: definitely being okay with the fact that it doesn't turn out exactly the way you envisioned it right and in some cases that can be even better it can.
0: Uh, you know i mean i've had plenty of times where i've gone out and i've you know i've checked the waves or something yeah and i've I've noticed steam on the water and i've been like that's gonna be great as it's a photo be, yeah. and then i go out there with my camera and i realize it's gone the it's scene's gone. gone away and the sun's shining bright but then i also realize wait now i see all these other different and you, things and you see all these, and yo, then i'm like then okay you, well i mean yo. although that one thing might have been gone there's still all these bunch of different things that are This <laughs> you know, all they're all very... there you know and all there to be taken advantage of um, gives you new
1: perspective yeah, about yeah.
0: i mean that's what the creative process is all about for me is finding different
1: you know It's about adapting, and it's all about about finding, you know, a new angle, and yeah, definitely, definitely, it's definitely very much, it's very much about adapt, like I said, adapting and making sure that you don't get discouraged, and you really just see see all that there is to be seen, all that there is to be seen, and not focusing on what you didn't get. Absolutely. That's what I always see. Is seeing like, the
0: opportunities. Exactly. In, it's all about opportunities. It's all about this, you know. And there's hundreds of opportunities, you know, in any given situation. You know, I'm sure with writing, you can attest to this. Where there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you could write a story. There's a lot there's, of different ways you could develop a yeah. character. But you choose a way. I mean, you might write, you might write three different scripts with three
1: different character developments. That's. That is actually and then you part of the best one, and then that's what I do is, I because the way I draft my stuff is, the way I draft my stuff is, it's all about what do I find because each one has a distinct style. I don't really try to rewrite the same story. I try to make each draft as different as possible, and possibly nice. finding a different, you know, having a variety to choose from, and then. You know going with that and seeing what works and what can be you know what is doable in the moment and I think with good art is with good writing and especially with screenwriting is the people that don't worry about the budget restraints the people that don't worry about what's possible and what's not because there is in some form or fashion you can't do it you just have to, have to have the will and the drive to do it
0: absolutely absolutely
1: and it's it's definitely, I think, even in today, a lot of creativity is stunned due to the fact that there's all this stigma about, you know, not being creative enough, about being afraid to tell new stories. Creativity is in the eye of the beholder. Exactly. But, you know, it's, it's all about, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you have these, I know this is probably beaten to death, but, you know, you have all these, like, you know reboots and of like 30 40 year old properties, the and
0: annual reboot of Spider Man,
1: <laughs> and you know, and I feel like a lot of creativity is stunted that way that they're already yeah. pre existing properties, yeah. and
0: like how Disney kind of
1: monopolizes milks
0: everything for every cent, and, they, birth, yeah, and then they or, don't really care about the end result.
1: And or like with, and granted, this might make a few people angry, but you know, milking the the superhero genre. And to me.
0: Some I, people like those movies, but some people think that they're overdone.
1: Well, to me, they are overdone. Yeah. Due to the fact that, you know, they aren't. To me, they aren't really film. They aren't really cinema. And this is kind of basing. They expand. Do. This is basing it off of what very famous and very notable director Martin Scorsese said. About them not really being filmed. And when he said that, I really agreed with that in the sense that they're not really. They're not. They're not. They're good as superhero movies, but they're not really standoffish and good films. They're not. If you take away the superhero aspect, their stories are pretty mediocre if you think about them. Nice. They're yeah. very cut and dry. They're very. You can kind of tell what's going to happen. You can tell with like a Marvel movie, you. It's very. The way I've always seen it is, it's very marketable. Right. You can take your kids to go see it, but you can also enjoy it as a parent, as an adult. And I think it's very much. Yeah.
0: No, I totally understand that. I think that's right on accurate. Um,
1: and it's, and I think, yeah, and the, I story, think
0: the story, because the storyline of a of a film is something it, that that's the meat of it. You know, well, not not so much the characters in it. Like well, I mean, you you can't some have, aspects. Some aspects it's, it's,
1: sure. Yeah. Well, so yeah. depending on you know what kind of story you want to tell, there's all about character development because with certain stories requires for it to be good, there is a certain level of character development and change that the character has to go through. But. You know, with other films, it's like, it doesn't really matter. Like, take, take, uh, Friday the 13th, for example. Oh my god, we're going on, like, a whole movie right now, but <laughs> it's, great. it's, you know, it's about, about creative creativity, like, obviously with those characters, you know, with these old, like, 80s slasher films, they're a one-and-done, you're never going to see them again, so they're not going to bother with development. Fair and enough. with those stories, you you don't really see because there's no point because you're not there to see character development. You're right, there you're there, to, there see, to see blood. You're there know? to see Jason Voorhees. Precisely. You know, use a blowgun to I'll shoot. A chicken. Good
0: money to see stupid kids walking into a exactly walking into a you know place full of chainsaw.
1: Yeah, but you no, know, but then take say a film like uh, like a Martin Scorsese film, like that's all about character development and change and adapting to what's around him. And that's very much all about characterization and whatnot and how take Goodfellas, take Mean Streets, take, you know, any of those films and you, you really get a sense of living in with these characters, really getting to know them and really seeing how they change the situations around them and so that, that
0: actually segues to a great question i just came up with and that is how do you think character development is affected and the creative process really is affected from uh movies from books that are turned into movies about the, that i, so, I cuz i feel like that's very important you know cuz you have to portray that character as the book portrays it but there are lots of ways of interpreting it there's a
1: lot it's you all know, about interpretation right and it's very subjective about how you view things and how you want it, wants to see things because obviously with a book to movie you know they're obviously famous for as the saying goes oh the book is always better. Well, there's a reason for that. In case I don't want to read the book. In case you don't want to read the book. Well, the whole idea is that, you know, there's obviously a novel can be 300 pages long and you can't really make a screenplay 300 pages long because okay. that'll be a six hour Whenever a
0: book comes out and people ask me, hey, do you want to go see the, you know, I'll go read the book and I'm like, no, I'm waiting for the movie. To come waiting out. for the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you just, you gotta, you gotta keep it you know very very much in you know with character development is you can really see them kind of develop visually and whatnot but I feel like with a book it definitely develops on a it more it adds of, the visual it adds the visuals and
0: it adds a lot of aspects that the book doesn't have
1: it does but it it, it depends on how you how you view it because right with a novel you you really get like all of the details you can really mm-hmm. you know picture but with the film you can it is constrained to like 2 is, hours at the most it, it can be know? constrained and obviously you have to cut things and change things as well and with novels that have heavy character development and there's a lot of it's got more it's got more beef to it got more beef to it but if there's like a novel that has a lot of aspects that have to do with character development the film adaptation will suffer due to the fact that you cut out important bits and you have to choose the best out of all. Nice. Yeah. But obviously you can't really have how do I how do I put this? You can't really have a lo- like loosely based character development because the reason the novel works is because you get everything put into it while with the film you get only some aspects of it. That's yeah, that's very true.
0: <clears throat> That's why, you know, um, although can you think of any um, films that might have a better movie than the book? Um, and how, how the creative process might have uh, might have uh, kind of made that possible. You
1: know? So maybe people took some liberties with some things. Take liberties. Um, stand by me okay you've never
0: seen stand by me i i've not oh i know goodness. i'm an uncultured swine.
1: <laughs> very much so <laughs> um but with stand by me if you don't know what that is so with stand by me obviously that was an adaptation of a stephen king novel and i believe it was called the body i i might
0: know what you're talking about
1: where the kids go on you know it's about these kids they're 12 years old and kid gets hit by a train and then want to go see his body right and it's very much it's it's one of those things where that could equally be said is almost as good as the book and i've heard things about the book and how it characterizes and how it can be quite vague and with vague or not with how do you say vague vagueness vagueness it's it's not, I, mean, I don't I, mean, that's a not vagary, I guess Vagery. that's not even a word no, no. Um, it's all about you know
0: how you how you interpret things I guess that's true it's yeah I feel like when you're making a movie out of a book you have to interpret things yourself it's, like with a especially with a character I mean um, I mean you can take a lot of liberties with how with how a character develops or you know what they're like what their physical appearance might be like you know and oh well, yeah i mean that's that's probably that's, the easiest part that's the easiest part but obviously i mean them. what just their just a the little nuances about them
1: yep. you can really take a lot of liberties you with take, and for yeah. better or for worse um but then aspects of the actual story you can't because it's that's very true. much you that's know, a story because every well-written novel everything has a purpose and everything mm-hmm. has a reason for being writers that. never make mistakes mm-hmm. I wish that were true, because um, <laughs> if not, I'd be You'd be on I'd top know, of the world. I'd I, be on I, top I, of the world, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all about just really your interpretation of it, and it's everything in a novel is there for a reason. Gotcha. And everything in a, and that's the thing. And some people don't see that, or some directors and filmmakers don't really see that. They just see it as a set piece. And they don't really expand upon it that much, and they don't right. use the visual aspect of it to their full potential. Right. So. Nice. But. Yeah. That's a very good. Um, very very in depth. Um, yeah, I, that's, that's how awesome, that's dude. how I view it. I mean, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm not slamming book to movie adaptations. I think some are really really good. Obviously, Stand by Me being one of them uh harry potter which yeah. some people would argue but yeah, that's... yeah i can i mean I, I did i read like one
0: of the books and i watched all the movies Watch. i mean i i still i don't know as a kid i never was into like all the sorcery and oh, like all wow. the because in second grade that was when that took over in school that, well, was, that, when was, everybody that was when everybody's
1: when everyone was getting i, into I was it. in
0: second grade these kids were reading like 500 page novels and I could barely get through like a like a freaking like a level, like one. A level one freaking storybook I just yeah. barely could and I mean so I was while they were out while I were reading books I was outside climbing trees and eating dirt you yeah. know and I, I was just not a, I was just the, not there the wild child. I was just not there man I was a pig a wild boar but yeah. I mean I, I think it um yeah I think with those they were definitely more intellectual than I was I am yeah I mean it's it's, it's, it's all about well, you know. what I was gonna say um, with regard to the Stephen King uh, novels I really like him as an author because not everything that he writes is scary it's suspenseful and it keeps you there it, it draws you, you in and it keeps you coming back it, yeah. and it keeps you flipping the page you know yeah. and that's the thing I really really like about you know Stephen King is that he just he, he's found a way to hook you and there's no way that you're gonna i mean you swallow the yeah. hook line and sinker it's, when you get into any of his you, books because he he has He's a good opening sure. hook he
1: always knows how to keep you interested and keeps you yeah. going along it, yeah his novels don't drag it's all about you know it's it's all about you know what he yeah what he does as an author is amazing in the regard that he knows how to keep you <laughs> hooked. Mm turn look up one of
0: the books um, I think it was called The Long Walk
1: that sounds familiar
0: yeah so The Long Walk by Stephen King Long Walk it reminds me of um so the book is about basically it's a dystopian horror novel um and I, th- I think hold on. let me get some more information um so off of Wikipedia, basically it's set in a dystopian America, which kind of is now, Yeah. Um, ruled by a totalitarian and militaristic dictator. Hmm, that sounds That's familiar. That's kind of something revolves, we might know about. Yeah, the, the plot revolves around um, the contestants of a grueling annual walking contest. Um, so basically, they were walking. Basically, it's, basically, as long as you walk, then... That's how, so the, the book begins in um, 1966, and it ends in 1967, basically, um, hmm. and they're just walking, and the last person to, to um, live, live, basically, or to not totally collapse is the winner, I guess, and that reminds me a lot of um, my Philmont Trek, uh, I'm an Eagle Scout, by the way, um, I was in the Boy Scouts for probably seven, going on eight years now and uh, one of the high adventure treks that we were um, so fortunate to go on was Philmont and it's at this um, it's in the southern Rockies out in New Mexico and you're hiking with 40 50 pounds in your bag for 12 days 14 days and it reminded me of that novel because it felt like we were walking until we couldn't walk no more every single day walking to our death basically and, um, you know, I, I read a little bit of that book before I went. And then while I was there, I was just thinking about that um, a lot of the time. And it just, that's just a connection I have between it for me, you know. So- I, that's why I really like Stephen King because he's just, he just has such a great, you can super well written. And you, you just can't put the book down. And I mean, it's, I don't read books that much, but I.
1: You get that with Stephen King. Mm-hmm. It's very. <coughs> yeah, for sure. It's the backer through oh, a little it, bit. It, it does. I mean,
0: it's it's good. It's chai tea over here, guys. I've drunk probably three of these little cups. Um, and it's good. It's really good. good.
1: good Anything story.
0: else to add about the creative process?
1: Oh, before we get
0: into our media,
1: I. I will say this for anyone that is interested in pursuing this is it's all about patience for sure it's all about it's really up to you it's really up you, to you
0: what you want what to you, have we want to achieve what you want to achieve and what you want to have done and what you want the end product to be that's up to
1: you and what you want yeah what you want yeah. to achieve but other than that I mean I think we kind of covered all the bases. that's that's I'm awesome sure. Yeah. I'm sure there's other stuff we could talk about but we covered the basics. We, co- we covered the basics. All right, let's
0: move on to our next, um, our next section of pod. It is media. Media. So we're doing a media section every week. It's going to be basically a song, an album, or a film that you know we've we both listen to or we both watch and have. Um, we just give our thoughts on it. Yep. And this week, um, I am stoked to announce that the media we're doing it's a song called When the Wildlife Betrays Me by Jimmy Buffett, and I recently so this is in his 1984 album called Riddles in the Sand and the 80s was really when Jimmy Buffett well the late the the mid the late 70s early 80s is when he really began to take off his album um that had this album uh I'm blanking on the name it's Changes in Latitudes, which released, which had Margaritaville in it, originally was um, basically it was in the early '80s he released that, and I think '82 okay. or '83. Now this album, this song that we're covering, um, when the wildlife betrays me, was on his album Riddles in the Sand in '84, and there's there's a lot. The thing I really like about Jimmy is that there's there's a lot of depth to a lot of his songs. He He's, a, in my mind, he's a lyrical genius. And he has some extremely well-written songs besides Margarita, but which is a part of the song.
1: It's, um,
0: but it's, let's let's dive into the thoughts. Um, Andy, why don't you go first? Well, what did you think about it? What so you when thoughts? I
1: first listened to this, it very much had a somber, very sad kind of hue to it. it and, you know... Obviously his opening lyrics, it says, Can't believe I'm still here with the morning so near and last night so unclear. Obviously this provokes imagery of heavy drinking, partying, and whatnot. And I think this is very much a reflection on who, you know, whoever this character is, whether it's Buffett himself or someone else. It's very much a reflection on him in his younger years and Mm -hmm. very much him the way i always the way i I saw it is that it was him kind of attempting to recapture his youth almost like a midlife crisis nice kind of it's like him you know trying to recapture his youth and then i see a trembling hand in a cold wedding band wonder where do i stand and what are your thoughts on? so he had um
0: he had a He had several um, failed relationships and a couple failed marriages, I think one or two, and he ultimately ended up with the girl he was originally with, Jane, um, but he did um, marry this one girl, I think Maria, or something, sorry with an M, but that was in 1972. So this song is over 10 years later, so 12 years later this album was written. but. The things. So my thoughts on the song is the tone. Definitely, it kind of seems like he's crying out in desperation for help and for someone for for someone to hold him and to shelter him until until he is strong, which is actually one of the lyrics. It's and um, so one one other thing that I really um, the lyrics in this song that I wanted to share was. will my crazy old lies and worn out the skies turn to tears in my eyes or turn, in your eyes and turn to you what a fool your... I have been there's no way I can win unless you take me back in. So, for, for me um, you know it's like he's reflecting on some of the stupid mistakes that he's nope. made in the past and you know he's done and he's recognized you know what he's done and he wants to he's just really it's it's kind of a song of realization of like i messed up you know mm. i was doing some dumb things you know and um well and i think this passage it also, appears, uh,
1: like, um
0: i got one more thing to say and it's um that it appears like his lover is distancing it's himself distance, from him. It's,
1: yeah she's it sounds yeah. like she's very much tired of you know like with my crazy old lies worn out the i think the worn out disguise skies is the mask. it's more of the mask that he thinks she wants to see the exactly. the version of himself that he thinks and that's what he is in he assumes that this is what she wants to see yeah and i think it obviously put a strain on the relationship as mm-hmm. a whole and definitely i think it's, it's a love song Oh, it very much is. I think it's, well, I think it's very much a reflection yeah. on himself. And it's a, yeah, it's, it's very much reflection.
0: It's a reflection that he's seeing what he did wrong. And, you know, now because of his actions, his, he's, his lover has distanced herself from him. And, um, you know, He's longing for her. He's really because, yeah. because she's pushing him away. And I think in another song on that same album, um, it's called She's Going Out of My Mind. And she. basically, in that song, it, it could easily have been combined into this song because it, it talks about him um, being, you know, he again, he's realizing some of the things he did wrong. And he just and you know, but slowly, this lady's gone out of his mind. Like he's it's, he's 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 forgetting, almost, and he's he's moving on. That's kind of the song of moving on. This song is kind of like, you know, I see a a a gold wedding band in um, in the hands that that yeah, lyric. I see a trembling, I hand. I see a trembling hand. hand and a cold wedding band. and wonder where do I stand? That's him reconsidering. What, or, where he stands on the relationship maybe yeah. what he has done to strain or, it and maybe what he can do to fix it what he can
1: how you know? and he's what i'm willing to bed is that he's you know what he means by this is him also trying to figure out where it is how does she view me now how exactly does, yeah and it's it's very much a it, it sounds like he's Attempting to fix it, but it might be too late, and she doesn't and really he, believe him around this, yes, this time around. and yes, it's been kind of the same, repeat, 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 yeah. and then, yeah, obviously. I mean, if he she just, gets, yeah, because you know, crazy, because like with this line, "Will my crazy old lies, my worn-out disguise, turn tears to your eyes?" It obviously sounds like re- repetition. Yeah, sounds like yes. like crazy old lies. It sounds like not before. Yeah, it sounds like he's been doing this a long time and it's been over and over and over and he's obviously regretful of that now. Mm-hmm. and he wants her back more than anything and he he sees that but he doesn't know if it's too late to get her back nice dude nice analysis and it's and it gets the emotions going because there's a lot of people that can relate to this there's oh, yeah. a lot of people who change, turn around but it's too, too late, late and it's yeah. And I remember, like, I almost had a tear in my eye when I heard that. Cause really? Because it, it was very emotional because it's very relatable. relatable. It's very relatable. It, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things, like, for me, you know, not to sound super corny or cheesy, but I'm very much a romantic. I'm very much... You are. I like seeing, you know, even if it's not me, which, you know, it... I like seeing other people go through that, and it breaks my heart when I see things like that. Right. When I see people who were really, really happy at one point break up. And, you know, I think, yeah. I mean, we've both been through that, and it, it oh, sucks. Oh, yeah, and but it's that's one of those things, like, you know, and, and being a, you know, for those of you who don't know, um, being a child of divorce, and obviously seeing that, it's I think that's kind of where it comes from—is right. seeing this kind of stem from wanting things to change around and to be fixed, and right. for that person to be given another chance, and to have this, like you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, and it you know, and it's obviously gets a lot of emotions going when you know you hear something like this where. You can hear it in his voice. He wants the change. He is changed. There's a desperation
0: in his voice, for sure.
1: A a desperation, but also a... You know, yeah, I guess a desperation. He wants this. He wants it so bad, but he realizes... It's too late. He can't. It could be too late in that she doesn't... She she sees through all the things that he's
0: told her before. Yep. You know? and it, that's really what it comes down and to it's I don't oh know, very I mean,
1: much so and yeah. it is it's a great it's a
0: great song but it, though but it, but it has you know? it,
1: it provokes a lot of just emotion emotion and makes you real, yeah. yeah it's relatable yeah it's, it's a relatable song it's un, unfortunately so but yeah and then so okay so then i guess the last passage is when the wild one the wildlife betrays me and i'm too far from home Will you be there to save me? Will you shelter my heart till I'm strong? Or will you just hang up the phone?" And this kind of reinforces the whole idea of him, I guess, second-guessing the ideas of whether or not she'll take him back. Right. And it's obviously left up to interpretation of, you know, with the ending of, Will you shelter my heart till I'm strong? Or will you just hang up the phone? obviously it's left open-ended it is and it's very much up to i guess the listener to interpret Mm -hmm. if she'll take him back and she'll give him more chance or if she's like i'm done with you it's Mm -hmm. over
0: i think second chances are very valuable but i also think that if you do the same thing over and over over. and i i think you know three strikes are out as far as i'm concerned but i feel like in this song he makes a good case for himself but it's it's unclear to me if he's going to actually change. Because a lot of the thing is, is, if people do something once, they're going to do it again. They'll do it again. And then again. they're going to do it again, and then that's just leading down a bad path.
1: And you know, I do feel like with this, it he sounds like, not really desperate, but more of a, you know, he had a kick in the ass, and he realizes, I need to change or I'm going to lose her. And I think it... Obviously, there's both sides of that about whether or not you know she will take him back. I I would like to interpret this as she takes him back and then he changes and right. then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, it is open ended. It, it is open-ended. So good analysis. That was good. But
0: so do you want to move on to our quote dude moment?
1: Quote dude moment. Yeah, we can. We can
0: do that. Uh, then we'll wrap it up. It's been it's been over an hour.
1: It's been, yeah. yeah it's mean, been good. Is, it's a solid, solid mic. It's a very um, solid podcast. All
0: right. Um, okay, so those was very good analysis, know, Andy. So s- you know, excellent, really. And now we're going to get into the last section of the pod, which is going to be our quote of the week, our dude of the week, and our moment of the week. And we'll wrap it all up. Yep. So, Andy, the quote of the week this week is knowledge is having the right answer intelligence
1: is asking the right questions Questions. how do you interpret that? what do you think of it so knowledge and intelligence obviously two very different things um i do believe that you can have intelligence without knowledge and you can have knowledge without intelligence i see when i hear that i think of knowledge being kind of a placeholder for ignorance Mm, yeah. in the sense of you can be as smart as you want, but, you know, and have all these answers, but it's all about,
0: you need to be able to think about it for yourself. You need to be able
1: to not be arrogant and not, you know, have a sense of being able to really portray it and whatnot. I don't know. Like, I... I have to really, I think with that quote, it's very much of just it's all about having the know-how to really answer or ask questions and being intelligent. Because I think that is a good... That is an interesting like, what is the difference between intelligence and knowledge? Because obviously there's a difference, but how much... How much do those differences actually split off from
0: each other? That's true. That's true. I feel like knowledge is it's information that you've gathered, but intelligence is knowing what to do with that knowledge. With you know.
1: With that. And I mean that's that is a really, really smart analysis of it. I think it's all about it's all about how you interpret it. I, mm-hmm. Well, interpretation. I mean, it's
0: it's um, it's all
1: about not being ignorant. I think.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know, having knowledge is one thing, but what you've got to do with that knowledge, you've got to be intelligent enough you to know what
1: to do with that knowledge, knowledge. You know, it's and sometimes intelligence can also be interpreted about sure. how. Granted, it's on a much smaller scale, but then you know other things that you could interpret. But I feel like. With intelligence you could make that kind of what you want like you don't have intelligence can be subjective you can be intelligent in many different things and use whatever info you're given in many different varieties about right on i think it's all you know not just holding up to one standard of intelligence i think it's very much everyone has their own form of intelligence and it's all about I guess having to know how to really get it out there. And-
0: yeah, 100%. Um, that's a pretty good analysis of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you have anything else to really say about it? Uh,
0: no, I think you said it all. I-, I said a little bit. So, All right, Andy, who is your dude of the week?
1: So my dude of the week, the person I find really inspirational is... And you may not find this surprising, but is Bob Dylan? Of course not. And if you know me, I refer a lot back to Bob Dylan. He, if you don't know who that is, he was or still is a folk singer. He was very prominent in the 1960s. He was at the forefront of a you know form of music called protest music, and obviously he was protesting civil rights, Vietnam. The likes. And I've always admired him because he was always such a pioneer in music. Right. Like in 1965 when he went electric at Newport. That was easily one of the biggest controversies back in the day because folk singers didn't go electric. They were acoustic bass. They sung, you know, ballads from 100, 150 years ago. It obviously... He was very much a just very forward-thinking person and what he could do with the lyrics and what he could do with music and the imagery that he could provoke and the thoughts and feelings that he could provoke was amazing. Because even now, I mean, his songs still hold up like, like Rolling Stone, The Times They Are changing Tangled Up In Blue, uh, Hurricane, which got, you know, if you don't know who Reuben Carter was, he was falsely accused in 1966 of murder he did not commit and you know Dylan used his music to get him out of jail and prove his innocence and I just I find that really admirable that he was he had a lot of political pull but he wasn't a very political person if you know what I mean he wasn't known to really talk about politics he wasn't really known to or at least he was
0: very subtle about
1: it he was, very, he was very subtle about it. And that's what I think what made him successful is when you listen to his music, sometimes it's really in your face and sometimes it's not. But he was very subtle about it. He right. was very much a very on the low kind of guy. And I just, I admire the hell out of the He was able to achieve so much and he had so much pressure on, on him, you know, he was nicknamed the voice and prophet of the generation. And... You know, imagine having that put on to you at the age of 23. Yeah. And obviously now he's kind of fallen into obscurity and his voice isn't much to speak of. But <laughs> it's, you know, but what he did and what he did for the music business back then, it was amazing. Nice. But anyway, who is your guy of the week, Eric?
0: My day of the week is going to have to be Jimmy Buffett. That doesn't that's, surprise that's, you at all, that's, that's but not at I'm, all the, I'm the biggest Jimmy Buffett fan in the world. In fact, Spotify told me I was in 0.001% of the people who listened to him. Oh. and But, you know, I think the reason he's my dude of the week um, to start this pot off is because he released two new albums last year and a single,
1: oh, and
0: wow. he was... And his music is—it's still to this day. It is sharp. It's it still is sharp. and, and um, you know, he's still killing it at seventy-three. You know, and his style um, is—it's still sharp. You know, and his uh, album "Life on the Flip Side," which came out in May, was super, super great lyrics and really thoughtful. And um, funny thing is, he wrote all those songs before the pandemic, but it was released during the pandemic. And "Life on the Flip Side." all the songs in that album were so so just spot on well they're, you know they're, 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 they're super very, relevant. They're relevant even they're... though he didn't write them with any knowledge of what was to come but they were all super, super relevant which was a, it was kind of incredible to me it's like predicting and the future almost. absolutely well you know? yeah and um besides that like he the second album he released um so the first album life on the flip side was all new music okay and the second album so the single he released in August, um, Saltwater Gospel, it's a really great song. It was, um, it was a collab with the Eli Young band, I think.
1: Eli Young, band. And yep.
0: um, it's, it was just a really great sound and song. And the, um, just last November of 2020, he released um, Songs You Don't Know by Heart. Because in 78, he released an album called Songs You Know by Heart. And, and then now he, he, released then he released an album, yeah. and it was an unplugged acoustic album, which I thought was amazing. Nice, I love that he did that. And he went back through his, um, his career, and he picked out songs that he really enjoyed to play, yep. but he didn't really get the chance to a lot, and that he was really proud of. Yep. Um, like, I know some of the songs he wrote, let me pull up the album. Um, let's see. So songs you don't know by heart. I have found me a home. That was on his original album in 1973 called um, "White Sport Coat and a Pink Crustacean," and White, yep. yeah, and it, it was it's a it was his kind of introductory album um, oh, yeah. to music. And then his, the second song on that list was "Woman Gone Crazy on Caroline Street," yep. and that song was really it encompassed his time in Key West because he moved down to Key West and he um, he was seeing things he'd never seen before as a little guy from mississippi um, another one of the other songs he wrote a song for every one of his children too and delaney talks to statues is about his daughter delaney and how she used to go around into the gardens of his grandparents house of her grandparents house and talk to the um, the different statues that were in the in the in the gardens and near the pools the- and stuff and um, uh, the peanut butter conspiracy is another great one that's on the album. That um, basically was about how when he was really broke and he was just trying to make a living, he yeah. would go into this one supermarket and he would steal peanut butter. Him and a buddy would steal peanut butter. It's a coordinated operation. Yeah, they would. <laughs> it was, I, it was. um And every he says every now and then I, I I do that just to keep it up, you know, keep up, <laughs> uh, make sure I still got it until I fall in like, hard times, you know.
1: Like a seventy-year-old man just yeah. going in and stealing peanut butter. Oh, I doubt
0: he does that anymore. And then, um, you know, Night I Painted the Sky, uh, Love in the Library, Definitely Unpopular Poet. All these songs really, I mean, they're all all on so many different albums, you know, throughout his career. But to hear them all encompassed in one and to hear them all acoustic, you know, freshly recorded is just super, super amazing. And I just really admire that about the guy, how he did that and how he still continues to kill it at 73. So so that's my dude of the week Um,
1: Still stealing peanut butter
0: Still stealing peanut butter Andy what is your moment
1: of the week Moment of the week So I would say my Moment of the week Would have to be Probably submitting my college applications Nice And it was both It was bittersweet very much in the sense that it was obviously a step towards adulthood. It was a step towards all of this. All of, you know, the fact that we're going to be growing up, like, growing up, like, becoming an adult. Yeah, so yeah. Really going out into the world. And it both Welcome excited in my world. Me. Exactly. <laughs> it excited me, but it also scared the hell out of me. And it... It... Yeah, I mean, it just... It was... Yeah. It was interesting.
0: No, I totally get that. For me, um... I've been an adult since August, and I have been loving it, yeah. and I'm super excited about college when I submitted my applications. I was just so pumped about it, you, you know? Were happy. And I was just, you know, f- to each their own, yeah. you know, and obviously it's totally rational to be a little scared about it sometimes, and of course I am. Well, yeah. You know, but overall, I think the overarching um, feeling, for me at least, is excitement. Yeah. You know?
1: That's very nice. It's... Yeah, I mean, it, I was excited, but it's yeah. also... Nervous. I mean, of course you're going to be nervous. It's it's very much it. bitter. Yeah. Very, very bitter So. So.
0: Um, okay, my moment of the week yep. would have to be, I think, two or three days ago. Sure. It was... I had no regard for the cold that day. I had just, I just didn't care anymore, you, you know. I love the I love the summer. I'm a summer guy. And, you know, a lot of the times I can't even stand the wintertime. But I just went out there, you know, in a hoodie and shorts and grabbed my skateboard. And I rode for like an hour and a half. And after like 15 minutes, I just didn't feel the cold anymore because the music was just pumping in my head, dude. I had to hear the, the AirPods in. I was numb. And I was just riding up and down. I was getting so stoked, dude. And that's, you know, I was just so stoked about everything. And that was my moment of the week because, you know, I just, it just got me so stoked. And I remember when I came inside and I looked at my hands, they were, the Purple. Deep, they were, they were red. They were red. really, really red. Yeah,
1: deep red, yeah. Deep
0: red. And and uh, I went in the mirror and I looked like I got sunburned. It was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it looks, but, um, yeah. but I was stoked. So, anyway, uh, that's that's my moment of the week, and um, I'm sure, you know, a lot of the, the best times of my week are when I'm out doing the things that I love to do, it's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh! Another thing, just to add to that, was the sunset, I think it was Monday night or Monday. something, was just stellar. I mean, Close. the colors were just popping, there were clouds that made great shapes, and the colors were just... It was, it was amazing. It was... But, yeah. yeah all right i don't oh. know if you can hear in the background there's a blender going because yeah. you know we are in a tea house but hey this yeah, works it's authentic it is authentic very authentic. so damn that was good man it was good that's what we did a full episode nice right on dude right on all right
1: all, all right. right i think we should any yeah. parting words oh be good thank you Keep. y'all you know, so much for tuning yeah. in. This is probably not going to be perfect when it comes out,
0: but... It'll
1: improve, man. It'll improve. It'll improve over time. We'll get better with it.
0: Yeah. All right. Um I hope you all have a wonderful day. Again, thank you so much for listening to the pod. This very first episode, we're going to be dropping one every single week. About We're going um, to drop we're gonna try to drop one every single week, so have a conversation like this. If you have any... Um, if you have any questions, you know, I'd love to get some questions from y'all about whatever I mean, if we can help you out if with, like can, if you, if you have a question just about life or
1: about, about anything, just or shoot to us get an our,
0: email or, to get, us or an get or if you have some interesting articles for us and you want, or a topic that you want us to cover on the pod, email us at themusingsofmen@gmail.com at gmail.com. And, um... Yeah, I hope to hear from, we hope to hear from y'all soon. Yep. And thank you for listening to the pod yep. so much. And we'll catch you next week. Yep.